Now is the time to embrace a new wave of workers. Every day, your team grows younger, more digital, and more drawn to entirely new ways of working, which means you need flexible solutions to connect them where business gets done. T-Mobile for Business was born digital. With America's largest 5G network, we can make it easier to work together from virtually anywhere. Your team may be changing, but with the right tech, it can be more productive than ever before. Get started at T-Mobile.com slash now. Hi, I'm Justin King, and welcome to the Blue Chip Academy. As a five-star recruit, all Big Ten corner, NFL vet, and Power 5 recruiting coordinator, I understand the emotions that go along with the recruiting process. The Blue Chip Academy is here to provide education, critical insights, and mentorship through the recruiting process for families and athletes alike. When athletes and their families have proper education and guidance, they're able to make better decisions and set themselves up for long-term success. Blue Chip Academy provides the resources and information that empowers athletes to create their own blue chip blueprint and take ownership of their careers. Blue Chip Academy exists because when athletes and their families are armed with the right information, they're able to make the decisions for themselves that positively impact their future. Again, I'll be your host, Justin King, and welcome to Blue Chip Academy. Welcome to the Blue Chip Academy podcast, the Blueprints of Success interview series, providing unique blueprints, tactical knowledge, and best practice to navigate the critical points in the elite sports ecosystem so athletes and parents can prepare a plan that any, to a career path that any athlete can bank on. Man, today's a real special episode. Uh, we have one of your favorite football players, football, favorite football player, two-time veterinary, one-time Buckets Award winner, two-time consensus All-American, second-round pick to the Buffalo Bills. Our guest went on to have an 11-year NFL career, 2013 Pro Bowl selection, now strategy analyst at Raytheon Missiles and Defense. One of my favorite football players for how they operate on and off the field, man. Let's welcome, word gets thrown around too much in the word legend, but this is, uh, he, he lives up to it every bit. Uh, Paul Puzlesny, man, welcome to the show. <laughs> Jay, Jay King, you're, you're too kind, brother. You're too kind. Thank you for having me on, and it's, uh, man, it's great to be with you. No, man, thanks for having me. I tell people all the time, man, using the sports is a, a catalyst to a career that you can bank on. And, like, it's not really just picking, all right, I'm going to be a, a nerd that's not focused on football. Like, no, you can do both. Like, you can be a, a monster on the field and attack it that way and then also have those different typical transition and have a great uh, thing off the field as well. So when I say this about, you know, being a football player, a lot of that comes from, like, how you realistically approach the game. We talked about a little bit before we jumped on. So that brings me to my first question. Um, the recruiting scene has shifted. So what advice would you give a player going through the process so they can maximize everything that the journey has to offer athletes if they take advantage of it? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit earlier. The, the recruiting scene just got a whole lot more complicated, especially for these kids coming out of high school because, I mean, the opportunities that they're going to have to play ball, get a great education, take advantage of some of the financial aspects that are now available to them, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's complicated. A lot goes into it. But, I mean, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Yeah, you, you, you view it as an investment, right? An, an investment in you, in your own corporation, and um, thinking about what you want for long-term success, right, and how you define that, and what type of school does that mean you go to? What type of football program does that mean you, you go to? What type of people do you want to be surrounded by? I think when you, you take all those factors um, and evaluate all of those and see where it leads you. Most definitely, we talk about not making emotional decisions through the recruiting process because there's a lot of different, you know, sensory things starting at you. Whether it's the pretty girls on campus, the big stadiums, the big weight rooms, you know, all the different uh, graphics and things of that nature. But if you have the criteria of what you're picking through the school, I mean, certain things will 
come out to your fit, right? And we're going to transition to the recruiting process. But Penn State was a prime example. Like, I don't know when we were getting recruited. I know it wasn't the big glitz and glamour of recruiting. It was like, no, this is how we're going to recruit you. This is what we have to offer you. And it kind of attracted a certain type of player, like just in terms of the identity of the team that we had. So in previous episodes, I talked about my family being from Alcoa, Beaver County. So growing up, you know, I always heard, okay, Ty Law, you know, the Bell Reeves, you know, close family friends and all that stuff. So I remember one time at a family get, uh, get together, they were like, man, Hopewell's got a guy. Like, I don't know, but like, I think he's a real guy. And anybody that knows got people from Alcoa, they're very proudful about their area. Anybody outside is just not as good. So when they were saying there was this guy from Hopewell that's, the deal is like, okay, who is he? So it was like, oh, he's a he's a linebacker that uh, returns punts. I was like, okay, like let's see what's going on. So whip your whip your champion and state champion. Talk about your time at Hopewell, man. How was your uh, recruiting experience? I mean, it was looking back on. I think it was it was special. And number one, your, your perspective on Aliquippa is rightfully so. You know, so Aliquippa was always here. You know, always great, great talent. Well, our group got for, was fortunate. We had a great group of high school football players that grew up together, came together, so we had some success. But when you, when you think about recruiting, um, you know, in the beginning, you're just so excited to know that you're going to have an opportunity to play at the next level. And then you, you see some of the tactics that, that different teams come in and, and present you with. And I know that, uh, you know, so Tom Bradley, one of the, one of the greatest – a recruiters and one of the greatest defensive coordinators and college coaches, you know, in, in, in the history of college ball. Shout um, out yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Came in, was completely honest with, with me and, and completely honest with my parents from day one. And I mean, he, he represented something that was a little bit different. You know, Penn State football was, like you said, it was a specific brand and it attracted certain guys. And you just knew that I, that, that was absolutely that I wanted I wanted to be attached to something like that. No, most definitely. That's that's key. We talk about scrap. When did he start recruiting? The, at the end of my sophomore year. End of yeah, sophomore the end year. of my sophomore year. Then start leading leading into to my my junior year. That's when we we start to have initial conversations. Or you know, I would my our, our head coach Dave Vestal would say, "Hey, had a conversation with so and so." So that's when that's when the, the recruiting process just started to begin. And then we had a successful junior year, and, and it kicked off after that. Okay, so after the end of the sophomore year, I remember him always talking, you know, him and my, my dad always spoke, just me growing up, whether it was seventh, eighth grade, because he recruited my, uh, my dad and me as well. So, he again, another person I would talk about, like, man, I think we're going to get this Paul this Leslie kid, man. We're, we're, we're on the way, because he, he always thought, he always loved you, obviously, coming from, uh, like, just the frame of linebacker that you were, coming up there and different things of that nature. And part of recruiting me, like, look, man, we got these good players coming up. And he was always, you know, you being one of the, the main guys. Were you a multiple, multiple sport athlete in high school? I did. I played, I played, um, so growing up, football, baseball, basketball, you know, we'll let you, how it is when, when you're young. And then in high school, concentrated on basketball and, and football. So I played both um, for as long as my kid, as long as I could, all the way up until my senior year. After, after our, our, our senior year of football, like you said, we won the state championship, and then, and then that's when I knew. I said, okay, it's time to, to get healthy and get ready to, to be a part of Penn State. Most definitely. So when we go talk about going through the recruiting process, how informed did you feel? I mean, there's a lot of information going through now where it's like there's rivals. All that stuff was just coming out probably when you were coming through, like 247 and all those different things. They were ranking players. Like, Did you feel like you had the proper information when you were going through the process? I think I, you had everything that you needed to – to, to make an informed decision, but it wasn't the, the information was not nearly 
what it is to what it is right now, what it is today for these guys. And it, it all it came down to, I mean, because at that point, you know, so you're 17, 18. The NFL, for at least for me, you know, I, I, I was, that wasn't even in my mindset. I said, okay, I have an opportunity to play big time college ball. You know, I want to do the, the best job I can. And, and I was thinking about the program that I wanted to be a part of and the school that I ultimately, that I ultimately wanted to be affiliated with. I mean, cause as you know, uh, our names are, are tied to, to Penn State and thankfully so for, for the rest of our lives. So that was such a huge part of it for me is, is thinking about, okay, um, there are, there are very few decisions in our lives that are going to be, they're going to have a lasting impact. This is one of them. Where, where you want to play college football, where you want to go to school, what you want to study. Um, so factoring all those in, and I, I gotta be, I had unbelievable parents who were with me from every step of the way, trying to help to give me as, as much guidance, um, as I wanted, but also knowing, leaving the decision up to me. So that was it was extremely helpful to, to have them there to provide that that information to, to help make a decision. No, that's that's key. We talk about having family assets going through the process because like they're, they're your sounding board, right? Whether it's uh, I can't even say pushing you towards a, a decision, but like keeping you within a box and being able to enact those critical thinking skills when you're looking at these different schools. Like, I want to play at a high level. I want to study this. I want to live this this place. I like this culture, this school. What were some of the other schools that you were considering outside of Penn State? A lot of the other Big Ten schools, um, and then it, it really the decision came down. The major decision came down to Pitt and Penn State. Oh, you know, really? West, 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 do I stay close to home? You know, I, we looked at other places as well. Visited Purdue, visited Northwestern. Um, so we looked at some other places as well. T- took a visit to Maryland, and these these are all unofficial visits leading up to my senior year. And just went to all these different places and said, yeah, every, you know, beautiful facilities, great campus, things like that, but. Um, you know, when it really came down to the culture and the people and the, and the trust that, that you had, you know, those were the main things that, that led me to my final decision. Most definitely. So what were some of the criteria that you were looking for, like through a school? What was your, was it a major type of thing, like a, what major you wanted to uh, study, or was it playing early? Like what was some of those things? Yeah, to be honest with you, I wanted that unique combination of, because like I said, the NFL was, was almost, uh, you know, a, a dream, right? I, I knew that... Uh, and like, like again, I had like family assets, like you said, to keep you very grounded and try to understand. Okay, wherever, whatever. Number one, you have an, you're gonna have an opportunity to go to a great university, go to a great, find a great school where you can play big time ball, right? And so Penn State was kind of what what would fit that bill. So okay, you're playing in the Big Ten, linebacker you, right? Have an opportunity to compete, at linebacker you. Um, so to be in a in a environment like that where you knew football was going to be an extremely important part of your life, but to understand that hey, this is a great University with one of the largest, you know, alumni associations in the world. Like, how powerful is that to be associated with something like that? So that it was that it was that combination of both. Okay, think about what you want to accomplish on the field, but also, uh, you know, think of it as a long-term investment for the rest of your professional career outside of ball. Absolutely, 30-40-year decision is what we like to say. You know, some guys think it's three, four years. It's like literally. 34 years when you transition out, the connections that you made, whether it's friends that you have on the field or off the field, people that you meet around campus always come in, come in handy, right? And just the culture of the school when you're just feeling comfortable around them, to be completely honest. Because I've seen some guys get recruited, and on the other side, we're recruiting guys that, like, the idea of going to Penn State is cool, but maybe they're from, I don't know, like Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's just like, yeah, this might not be, like, 
is, I mean, you could play here, but it might not be the best fit for you, right? Just for like everything that you're going to, just culturally where you're coming from. And so being honest about that and the things that you're uh, going through. So you went to Penn State at a time where it was some down years, right? Where they weren't winning as much. What was the deciding factor that you saw through the uh, through the muck, right? I mean, just was it just the prestigiousness, the prestige of the school, or like kind of what you said, opportunity to play a linebacker, you would still go there, and they weren't on the upswing at the time. I think it was, it was really important factor when you, when you, thinking about Penn State, especially at that time, because like you said, they, so they just had a challenging year, but it's still Penn State, right? And so that history doesn't doesn't go away. Um, and so the fact that you knew that uh, they there was a, there was a specific type of brand, a specific type of, of culture and people that led the, that led the organization and led the university, and you just I just felt like you wanted to be a part of that, and uh, and that you knew that okay, so th- uh, there was going to be a couple tough years here and there, but you, eventually you just trusted that that Penn State does things the right way, or for for anybody making a decision, going to a place that does things the right way, that you know that that. And you know that ultimately, that'll help you, you know, achieve the type of success that you want. No, that's so true. I mean, just being able to see through the initial record or whatever the win loss is right there, but just understanding like the culture of the program and just the stability of it. Because that's the one thing I kind of learned going through the process. Whether you see a, a program that changes coaches every once in a while, whether they change their uniforms here and there, and it's like it goes ebbs and flows. And there's probably about sixteen to eighteen teams. They have like a, a brand and a program where it's like, okay, you can kind of bank on it being what it is throughout, right? Because like we'll have hot teams sometimes that might not have the cachet or the, the branding behind it where it's an easy um, easy way to bounce back, right? Because that was one thing that I had to go through going through the recruiting process of looking at Penn State and having that, that thought process was like, all right, not winning right now, but being the athletic director's kid, head coach's kid, looking through the whole program, like, all right. I think I came to a Northwestern game. Your soft, you guys saw me. It was like eight six game. You guys lost eight six, right? <laughs> not a great game to bring, a, to bring recruits in the country. <laughs> not a great game to bring a recruit on, but it was a great game to bring a corner on, right? Like a corner to a visit, right? So I'm watching this defense. I'm like, man, there's there's talent here. I see the offense, and there's like the little pieces that are missing. I'm like, the running back's good. I know, you know, you know, Scraps telling me everybody and stuff. Like, and Q's doing a good job. Paul's doing a good job. Ben Connor's doing a great job. We got Anthony Morelli. So, like, everybody was, I'm like, I know these guys are good, man. They're from Pittsburgh. I watched these guys coming through. But being able to see through just the three and nine record and then like, oh, I think there's an opportunity. We have some t- skill, skill guys that come in here who can really flip this thing up right now. And to the point that you said, like, everything in the organization was stable. Right? That's the one thing that messed me up where, Athletic directors were lying, like, oh, this guy's going to be here for two, three years, and the next week he's fired. I'm like, okay, this is real business, so we got to get into it. <laughs> so what was your welcome to college football moment? Ooh, that's what, it was, and it was early. It happened right <laughs> It happened right away. So, you know, so you're playing high school ball, playing linebacker. Number one, as good as, as, good as high school football is in western Pennsylvania, you know, high school offensive linemen – are, are one thing compared to Big Ten college offensive linemen. So I, I when I got I grappled up with a with a with a Big Ten offensive lineman for the first time. This is at Penn State in training camp, and and I remember a guy just getting his hands on me and going whoa and throwing me on my back, and I said, "Wow, this is this is a different level now. You can't just run around, guys. It's not you're you know you're no long. You can't just beat everybody." So it, it came, it came early and you realize, okay, there's much more to it now than just, 
than just being um, a good athlete where there's so many different aspects that come into actually being a good football player or being a good linebacker, a good corner. You, you know that. So, yeah, that, that happened. That happened right away. <laughs> so I had to learn. Now, that's funny you say it because like everyone had like their experience with that welcome to college is a level of that physical imbalance, right? When you get there, it's like, I'm playing against grown people. And even mentally and physically, because I always talk about, I mean, I haven't talked about yet, my welcome to college moment actually came in 707 when I first got there. I don't know if you remember, but like me and Mike Rob got into a huge argument. Like, I don't know what it was, if he was picking on me that day, but I had like jumped a couple of his out routes here and out and up with like Ethan Kilmer a couple of times, and then they started talking to me. I felt like the whole office was coming. I'm like, I've been here for two months. Like, what? Like, what is this? Like, you mad that I'm like, anyway, me and Mike Robert had been on the show talking about that, but I remember like, oh, this is what we got to do. And I remember him telling me like, no, we need you to play. So we need to make sure that you're mentally ready for the fire. But I was like, I'm ready to fight in 707. I was like, what's going on here, man? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, right? It's just a whole different world because, you know, you're playing in high school, everything's going well, and then all of a sudden you show up and you're surrounded by people that are competitive and want to have success and they were and they were the all-state players from Pennsylvania, Ohio, Maryland. So that's the great part about college ball, you know, bringing all those guys together and realizing, okay, uh, you, you know, you start to figure things out and come together as a team and then that's when, that's when things really start to click. Now, special things happen there. So talk to me about the success on the defense because you guys were, I mean, we were losing records, but the defense was always playing at a championship level, um, statistically across the board. So just from an organizational standpoint and the building, it's tough when one side of the ball is performing well and the other side is like, you know, not pulling up their end of the bargain to an extent. So as a young leader on the defense, how did you, how did that affect you? Uh, like playing well on defense and you guys doing a good thing, coming as a state champ, but the offense not holding up their end of the bargain. Like, how was I that? mean, that, yeah, that could, that, you, you know how it is. That can always be a challenge. The good thing was we, we had such a core, as you know, we had such a, a good core group of guys. And we knew the only thing that mattered at the end of the day was, was winning and losing and representing Penn State in the best way that we could. So we knew our, defensively, I mean, if it was our job to go out and perform at our highest level, we had a great coach. I mean, Tom, I mean, we talked about Coach Bradley earlier, but what, what an unbelievable defensive coordinator to have. And the group of guys that we had were just were, were great college football players that played together and said, hey, regardless of the circumstances, doesn't matter what the, what the score is, who we're playing, where – we're going to do our absolute best or we're going to work to do our absolute best. Um, and when you have guys like that, that aren't worried about, well, offense isn't scoring and we're out. No, no, no. It's we're here to perform. We're here to perform at our highest level as a team. And when you have that mindset, I think that, that, uh, that overcomes some of the challenges that you can have there. I definitely agree. I asked that because that was definitely the mentality of just the defense of players that I met when that was happening. It was like, all right, we got it. And just kind of stay in the, stay in the course and knowing that like eventually the offense will get the pieces and then they'll have a conversion kind of like you did in your five points of the Army Bowl, 11 and 1 and all that. All those good things, man. So, what was that, after all that, what was your I mean, most memorable part of your college experience? Most memorable part? It's definitely, it was the people. You know, you think about all the great things that, that happened. I mean, it, it would be so easy to say, uh, you know, when we play Ohio State, it's a whiteout at the night game, night game. you know, you're, you know, it's, it's your first year, right? When, and, the excitement with that, but looking, uh, whenever I look back and, and think about Penn State, it's always the people. It's it's being around Sean Lee. It's it's being it's, it's learning from Michael Robinson and Alan Zemitis about how to be a leader. You know, it's it's being associated with those type of people and having the opportunity to to compete with them, learn from them, 
and uh, and just know that you're a part of a brotherhood. You know, we're a part of a brotherhood. You know, for the rest of our lives, and so that's that's the special part. I, I would definitely echo that, man. Just the, the college experience and the friends and the relationships that you meet, and like how that extends and has a residual effect for the rest of your life. I mean, that's it's like one of the benefits of going to a place like Penn State, right? It's just the right school for you. You're aligning with like individuals, kind of on the same path, and creating a culture. I talk about it when you talk about the culture of the team. Like, it wasn't cool for us to not go to class. Like, it wasn't cool to like be a, a jag off, right? Like, just to be messing around for goofy stuff. Because that was kind of the standard amongst everybody. You got the leaders like you, AZ, Mike Rob, you guys are all. You know, top scholars, you guys are going to college, you got these different dreams outside of sports. It's like, wait, oh, this is how we need to operate and just how powerful the whole culture is, right? So it does start with the people and getting the right mix. And that time acquisition was very key. And I think very ahead of its time when I think back to Penn State and just all the players that came in through the years that you were there and then that class that came after me with like Navarro Bowman and Jared Ardrick and just how it kind of kept going throughout there. So that's my next point. Talk to a lot about players and like their value in this whole NIL space and everything. And you were probably not many of them having too much too much value. If we want to be completely honest, but you were kind of on the complete opposite spectrum, where you were essentially I know don't don't blush, but like you're essentially like a superhero at Penn State, man. Linebacker, you the linebacker at linebacker, you. Uh, what do you think would have been your NIL strategy in school? <laughs> Figure out a way to take care of the entire defense, <laughs> because you know that's it. That's a, that's a challenge. I mean, so um, so certain guys are going to be fortunate enough to be in a position where 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 they are, they're in a position to have success, and, and and they're the guy. But man, as we know, football is the ultimate team sport. So how do you find that balance to be? Because you know how it is. You got guys that come from all over, all different types of backgrounds. It's an opportunity to to bring. Uh, financial success to themselves and to their families. I mean, you want to be able to maximize that, especially now if the opportunity is there. Um, you know, schools are schools are going to do the best job they can to provide that. You want to be able to take advantage of that, but with, with also with an understanding that, man, you're 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 part of something special. You're part of, you're part of a team, and you're all in this together. Now, how you how you balance that? Jay King, if we can figure that out, we will we'll be helping a lot of guys. No, 100%, man. Like that, that's key because I always look at it as another opportunity for guys to just get even um, introduced to their passions, right, outside of football, whether it's like real life business opportunities. Like if they had, like for yourself, if you want to get into the defense industry, like different opportunities where you can actually engage with them from a business standpoint and being able to show that you're, whether it's business acumen or your brand in that, whether it's marketing or doing some deals with them or just making the relationships because you're able to do different things that are real life business, like real life business exposure. I think that's the critical thing. But to your point, you're right because the free market's not equal. So like we're talking about a team sport like football and there's, okay, we want to highlight the receiver, we want to highlight the quarterback and this, that, and third, and these guys aren't worth anything. Like that is the you're right. That's the construct of the balance sheet when you're working at the XFL, the league office. We had seven. I mean, we paid maybe nine players out of seven hundred over the league minimum because it was the quarterbacks in certain positions that moved the bottom line. So that's that's the same thing that has to happen, and that dynamic's coming into college football now with NIL. So that's a great point that you're making. But you're seeing some guys now. Doing a little bit where they're giving out the beats to all the guys or every deal that they have is like for the linemen and all that good stuff. Man, now that's huh, that's a great point though. So we talk about transitioning 
to the NFL. So you go in and get drafted in the second round to the Buffalo Bills. Is there much of a transition to the NFL for you at that point? I still think even so going from college, I mean, thankfully, we were at a program, you know, that, that did things the right way. And there was there was a level of expectation almost of how to operate, how to be a professional. Um, and I'm so thankful that Coach Paterno, you know, built that that culture because it was it made the transition to the NFL so much easier. There was no you didn't miss meetings, right? You came prepared. You understood what was expected of you. You were a professional. And when you can do that, when you can take care of all that other stuff, and when you get when you cross those lines and get on the field, you're, you're just playing ball, you know. But it's it's now have the understanding that okay, this is your profession. You're not doing this for fun because then you're going to class later and hang out. No, 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 no. This is your profession. Um, and I think Penn State did an unbelievable job of preparing us for that because it was almost we operated at that level in school. So making that transition into the NFL was a lot smoother um, compared to what some of the other guys that I've, that I've talked to that have had gone through that same thing. That's a great point, man. Just from the standpoint, just the baseline that we had, right? It was like, oh, 10 minutes early, 12 minutes early for everything. Clean, got shaved. Like, there were certain things that we were used to sacrificing to be a part of the team that you realize when you get to the NFL, like, a lot of guys had a hard time making that transition, whether it was tightening up, like, you can't bring food to the meeting room. You got to go to breakfast every day. And I remember a lot of times I saw guys complain, I'm like, oh, there's my advantage over him because, like, that doesn't bother me. Like, got him. And then re- recognizing the NFL guys that, that is a part of the evaluation. Like, it's like on the field things, but everything outside of the building, how you come in the meetings, how you're operating in the meetings, like just going back and forth with different things of that nature. Tolerance equals tolerance. And having that that thing tightened up and being a professional will take you a long way. And that's something that you realize that you build in college, right? Because if you don't, it's really hard to get a grip of it in the NFL. So that's a, so a very strong point that you make there. So we talked about the welcome to the college moment. Did you have a welcome to the NFL moment? Welcome to the NFL. I mean, whew. this one and this one, this was welcome to the NFL in, in a in, in a little bit of a scary setting. Uh, first game as as a rookie, we were playing the Denver Broncos. One of our guys um, gets a neck injury, gets carted off the field. You know, on on a, on a stretcher, has to he has to get run to the hospital. And I can't really remember like something is that drastic that occurred um, collegiately. And that was, that that made things, that brought things home real quick where you say, okay, this is, this is real. This is, these are grown men running full speed at each other. Um, this is real. I mean, it, it's, it's a violent sport. That's why we love it. You know, that, that's why, that's why we love it. I'm so passionate about it, but that also, it, it made me realize it almost brought it into, you know, tying it back to, okay, this is your profession. Understanding that, um, it, this is a serious game. It's a serious business, I should say. The NFL is a serious business, and there's a lot on the line. And all of that, just just seeing that happen, first game of, of a rookie year, that, that all um, it, it magnified things drastically for me. That's that's a very interesting point because my rookie year, I was on IR because I had a toe injury. So when you're talking about jumping into the into the fret, whether it's like running in and getting hit and all those different things, so it's a completely different perspective than when you're kind of standing on the sidelines and taking in the collisions that are close that you're actually not in. And I had that first moment when I got to the NFL too, and started seeing some of the collisions before I started like really playing the games. I was like, "Whoa, like okay, like there's no slowing down. There's no, there's not breaking down. It's like arrows through the snow. Guys were running and they're." 
you're just not stopping, right? Like it's like trying to really split people in half, and when you start seeing that, hearing that, hearing some of the uh, collisions, it did make you kind of what you said. It's like, okay, this is a pre- profession. There's nothing more looking out after this. Like either you're in a hundred percent, or you're actually in danger. Like if this, yeah, if you're not all in, you're in danger. And like when I'm seeing people, like you said, break your necks in front of me and things of that nature. It's just it's a violent game, but. That is the transition. Like, man, this is a professional game, but it's extremely violent. So I always talk about different organizations and organizational structures. You have the Buffalo Bills versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm always interested to note if you notice the difference in how the organizations operate. Are there any glaring differences between the two? I'd say we, and it's interesting you ask because we went through, um, especially in Jacksonville, we went through a couple different transitions, transitions of ownership, where the, the, the team was actually sold when I when I first got there, and Mr. Shotcon bought it, um, and that there were there was a difference in culture there. And to see that transition from ownership from from a gentleman, Mr. Wayne Weaver, great owner, you know, brought brought a team to Jacksonville, Florida. So that was something special in itself. And then when Mr. Khan got there, he put his his own. Um, Persona or, or his, his, his own level of intensity onto the organization, and so it was it was interesting to see that filter down from the top, right? Because you come in under under I, I should say a, one set of operating rules, you get a completely new new owner who wants to do obviously it's his team he wants to do things his way, um, so you see a transition from 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 how things are, are managed or how things go, uh, so it, it but it stemmed from the top. So it was it was very interesting to see because as as an owner, you guess you have a as perspective on how you want to run certain things, uh, and neither neither was right, neither was wrong. But it, it but it is different as something as a player that you needed to adapt to in order to be a part of that organization. That's that's very interesting. We talk about it just in terms of leadership transitions and how hard that is, and just being able to fit into the culture when new leadership comes in and understanding if you don't how to make sure you do because. When we see it with, I mean, whether it's in football, we see it with new head coaches that get hired, new general managers, team getting transitioned. That was that. I was a part of that with the, with the Rams as uh, Conky was buying it, right? Where it was like, all right, no more catered meals. We're getting like Popeyes. Like, where they start saving money was like always interesting to see. And then you go somewhere like Colts and see how Ursa runs. And you go to the Steelers and it's like, okay, they're going to operate like this. And the culture is being completely different because in college, you would assume everyone's going to follow the NFL. So everyone's kind of getting treated this way. And it was like, it was different. Like, you know, the cult, they took care of everything from the masseuse, the chiropractor, and but St. Louis, you had to pay for it when the team was going to transition, right? So just seeing what teams picked up, what they did, and the actual outcome of those teams. Because like the Colts ended up being pretty good, the Steelers, obviously. And uh, yeah, the, when they transitioned to LA, it's like, look at the we had some rough years in some of those. Yeah, so uh, next question. Let's see what we got here. Oh, here we go. Playing 11 years in the NFL, man, that's like a dream for a lot of guys. Like, I can't even think about it sometimes. But what do you attribute to your, your success in the NFL to make it that long? I think a lot of it, it goes back to, to, your, to our roots, right? Our roots of Penn State and understanding that um, once I truly realized the, the importance of, of – the opportunity that, that, that we had, right, to play in the NFL. So, okay, I want to do this as long as I can. I love ball. I, I, I love this environment, and I want to do everything that I can to be a part of it. So dedicating, you, you know, your, your entire 
not your entire life because you, you have you have family and faith and other things, but but understanding that every day you, you need to be able to understand that, that you are you're working towards your profession and you're working towards getting better at that. And if you're not thinking about that, and that whether that's training, eating, sleeping, studying, you know, in, in the off season, someone else is. And someone else wants that job. You know, someone else wants to be the starting middle linebacker. Um, so when, once I, I understood that and to be able to, to transform, like every, everything that you did revolved around football and revolved around your profession. You look at other, other, other elite organizations, they're, they're the same way. Um, and so understanding that, that I guess, again, going back to, if I want a career this, I have to, I have to treat it that this is my profession. I have to be completely dedicated to it and make sure that I do everything that I absolutely can to perform at my highest level. Or just, to, just almost leave, leave no, st- no stone unturned to make sure to take advantage of the situation, study as much as I can, take care of my, take care of my body as much as I can because that's going to help me perform at my highest level. That's, that's incredible to say, man, just to make sure you understand the opportunity at hand, like, and, like that it ends very quickly. Because that's one thing that I always kind of regret sometimes that I didn't take full, not take full advantage, but always kind of, I was always on the fast track, right? Like I graduated high school early, I graduated college early, just like always next, next. And I mean, just to try to stay focused, right? Out of the, the identity of trying to stay focused on what's next. But when it's over, it's over. And then I remember having this thing, it's like, well, damn, I don't really remember too much of a great moment because I was always like, okay, well, what's next week? Well, what's that? But the point that you just said was understanding what's there while you're in it and like being in the now and taking full advantage. And like you said, never leaving any stone uncovered, right? It, whether it's taking care of your body, whether it's uh, film study and different things. So there's a lot of different distractions that come when you finally get to the NFL that you never see before when you're playing a sport that can kind of change that level of focus or even that idea of like how appreciative you should be from playing a sport because there's other pains that might come along. So like that, I love that, that you said that because that's something that I realized that I try to tell guys now because I think I missed some of that when I was going through just how appreciative it was, but not out of arrogance for it, but more trying to stay focused and not getting too big-headed about what was going on and things of that nature, but like really take in the special things that happen in football because when it's over, it's over, right? And whether it's with the relationships with people, connections you can make, career opportunities, and just the different things are immense. Let's take a quick break and do a LIG read one second here. This episode is brought to you by LIG Sports Group, a strategic talent acquisition firm specializing at the intersection of sports and business. We have three pillars that make up our strategic Talent acquisition from the first with the Blue Chip Academy. We're de- developing leaders of tomorrow by equipping them with blueprints and tactical steps to create a bigger bank on while using sports as a catalyst. Second is the LIG's brand consulting and partnerships. LIG's NIL brand consulting is a unique approach to solving your brand's most challenging problems. We take a strategy led approach with industry insights to identify a scalable assets, helping brands thrive in the new NIL space and hastening their marketing budgets. And then last but not least, LIG's executive search and specialty sourcing in order to stay ahead of the competition. The company needs the best talent at LIG Sports Group. We provide proactive and innovative talent acquisition and specialty sourcing services that will help redefine the talent acquisition recruiting strategy. Now let's jump back into this transition plan and career blueprint with my man, Paul Pogreson. <laughs> Here we go. Back into it, man. <laughs> so let's talk about the critical transition. Played football 11 years. One of the only people that I've ever seen 
uh, just talk about being a favorite, like the favorite football player's favorite football player win. Um, I thought that was beautiful when they one guy uh, gave your time of speech and like how he just he like kind of put all the emotions out there and just to affect other players like that in the game of sports is just always incredible, man. So I always big kudos to you on that. And just we talked about it earlier and I'll talk about it now, but just being a leader on the team when we were there and like being able to have guys like Sean Lee, uh, let them under your wing, right? And try to show show along the way. I just I always appreciated that as somebody because when I stepped in to be a, a starting corner at Penn State, you know, eight hours of minus was up there. Now there wasn't a senior corner, so I was kind of figuring out how to play corner. But I saw how Paul kind of took Sean under his wing with uh, you know no no quarrels and just kind of showed him the way. And just those type of leaders, each one teach one. I always think it's like one of the greatest things. So thank you for sharing this in, insight through this uh, transition. Now that you're at Raytheon, misses in defense and. Uh, Give it all to everybody else, man. <laughs> so, talk about the transition. I saw you went to Carnegie Mellon pretty quickly after retiring. Is that a part of the blueprint when you were in school? Did you know that's the route you wanted to go? Definitely. So, what, towards the end of my career, so my year, let's call it eight, you know, eight, nine, ten. I said, okay, you start to think about what's what's next, or what do you, what do you want to do next? And I mean, the NFL obviously has a has a, a great program for guys that want to go back to graduate school or even finish their undergraduate degree. So I want to take advantage of that and, um, you know, had the opportunity to go to Carnegie Mellon. With, so you're from back home. So, you, you you know, you know about CMU. It's funny, like I talked to some guys on the West Coast and say, oh, I went to Carnegie Mellon. They say, oh, I've never heard of it. You know, I said, it's OK. It's, it's OK. They don't have they don't have a major football team. So it's not. But, um, yeah, uh, unbelievable experience. Right. Having an opportunity to, to study there. Um, really enjoyed it. Surrounded by great people, you know, surrounded by great people there. But then. Um, knew that, you know, I've always been passionate about, I would say, about uh, aviation and aerospace, you know, ever, ever since I was young. Um, my father was a, was a mechanic for U.S. Airways and then American Airlines for 35 years. So just aircraft, things like that, it's always been, you know, I've always loved that world. I had an opportunity to, to interview um, or intern with, with Raytheon while I was in graduate school in Love the people there. Love, love what what they were all about, and so decided to to join them uh, post graduation. It's been it's uh it's been a great transition so far. Oh, that's amazing, man! For anybody in the West Coast, when they ask like about football, it's like oh, they don't have a football team, like but on the NFL games, like the sky cam that goes around, like they made that at Carnegie Mellon. Like, so those are the those are the type of <laughs> you know those are the type of minds that are at Carnegie Mellon. It's a little MIT or so. My little cousin goes there now. What's up, Kylie? But uh, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome, man. So did you always? You said you always. My next question was: Did you always know you wanted to get into missiles and defense industry? But I said, I guess it was more aerospace engineering in that standpoint. I mean, it was. Yeah, go ahead. I was there. So go, go ahead. Fire away. No, no. I was just gonna say, was that? I mean, was how did you get to the missiles and defense? I know you did the internship, but it started off with just the interest in planes. Or yeah, interest. Yeah, interested. In, I guess in, in that in that whole world and. Um, you know, so so aviation, aerospace, and then I kind of started to, to, to read and learn about the defense side of things. And what drew me to that was, you know, so what what we all love about football, being a part of a team, being a part of something that's much larger than ourselves, dedicating ourselves to something. Yeah, I found that in the defense industry because it's 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 making it's it's creating the capabilities that 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 United States needs to, to stay protected. Um, so I thought, okay, what a, what a great mission to be a part of. And then I, you know, had an opportunity to interview and, and I met the people associated with Raytheon and I said, wow, this is a special group. 
you know, and it, that's that's what that's what drew you in the, the people that are that are dedicated to something that is that uh, that is much larger than themselves. You know, they, they have strong purpose, you know, and strong passion about what they do. So that was that's what really um, helped me make that transfer. And as I mean, it's, it's great because it's on brand, right? You talk about you know they married one or two times in a row and buckets and just the defensive thing on the field. We talk about branding and all that stuff. And I said like superhero. Then you get into a like the defense industry and missiles and stuff. It makes perfect sense. Like, that's what it's like. It, it, it's perfect. That's what I'm trying to tell people. Like, you can see it if you identify it early, man. You can see stars in the makings. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, so, like, what was the key to getting on the right track during the transition? I mean, it's, it's always tough for your guys getting out and finding their thing. And when they do, how to transition those instincts from sports into that corporate environment. Yeah, that's that's the challenge, and I mean, and, you know, you and I have both seen it. It's it's so hard to to find something that you're passionate about, where you can channel all that that energy and drive and dedication that we all had on the field, being able to channel that in, into a different venue, right? You know, a, 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 a different area, um, and I think it, it's you know a big part of it is just understanding. Okay, so what truly drives you? What are you interested in? What do you want to learn about? You know, what do you want to what do you want to be associated with? And then once you find that that's something that, that excites you to that level, then it's just it's using all the same skills, you know, the, the planning, pre, you know, preparation, everything that we did in, in football and just applying it now, just applying them in a corporate setting. I understand that, that there is so much carryover. You know, sometimes it, I, I don't know if people truly realize that, but but all of the skills that, that made you that made that make us, a, you know, a competitive football player, they all transfer. You know, it, it's just um, the material's different, right? The content's different. You know, the area of expertise is different. But those interpersonal skills, that internal drive, um, all immediately applicable to, to the um, next area of our lives. No, that's a, that's a fact. You can talk about use sports as a catalyst to a career if you can bank on, man. Different opportunities that open and, like, the things that you get from it, right? Like, whether it's processing skills, accountability. Like, you're, you're being judged in front of your counterparts all the time that was something that I mean, a lot of people weren't used to in corporate America when I transitioned and to start seeing those different areas I'm like oh this is my advantage here like, and start taking advantage of those like I'm doing the football field you mentioned that the guys or the personnel from Raytheon were like special guys what, what was it about them that kind of like attracted you to them as being special I think so number one a lot of them are former military so they, they, they bring that, that unique level of discipline and dedication and, and passion for the country. They, they bring that to work every day. And I think this, the, you know, we're talking to the, to the men and women that work there, just they, they truly, they work there because they know they are, they are part of something that, and they, they have a much greater purpose than individual achievement, you know, individual accomplishment. They're not there to, to collect a paycheck, right? They're collect, they're there. To, to provide a service, to do something important for the people that, that need it, and to provide a service to the country. So being associated with that, I said, okay, that's a, that's a team that you can, you, you want to be a part of, you know, where you know it's it's people dedicated to something to a very very important cause, um, and they're, they're they truly have that 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 internal feeling that they're doing some something important to help people. That's okay. So you align on those type of things, like mm -hmm. a team atmosphere. Is that something that, I mean, that's a very good point because when you get on that uh, same mission or mission-oriented team, you start, it does revert back to sports a little exactly. bit and just that mm -hmm. environment because not having that was hard for me, whether it's getting to the sales industry and it's like, 
wait, I mean, we're not working together on this, or this is a team, we're not all out the same place. Like, oh, that's mine, this is not mine. Well, we're not a team, don't call it a team, we're by ourselves. <laughs> we just right. work in the same company. So I find those natural you know, synergies. I thought we had that at the XFL, where it's like, okay, everyone has their different goals, Oliver, Vince, me, Doug, Sam, Eric, but we're all trying to start a football league uh, February 2nd, da, da, da. so we have to make sure different projects, you might be the lead. I'm the lead on this project, you're leading on this project, but we have to all get to that finish finish line. And that brings me to my next question. I'm always interested for like talking to athletes when they transition out. There's always this beg your pardon moment, right? Or, or transition period, we're trying to figure out, like, okay, is this normal here? Am I cool here? Am I too early? Am I being too aggressive? Am I should I speak up here? What was that moment for you or, like, that time where you felt like, okay, I got this. I feel comfortable transitioning back to my instincts from sports where it's like, all right, I feel this. I'm saying this. All right. It's like, again, I always had things where I felt like I was a little too much on to Like, wait, you see on me on email? Like, wait, wait, what? Like, why are you doing this? And I had to always take a step back. But now I feel comfortable. Like, okay, say something here. I'm going to let that back. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and I will, I'll, I'll be honest with you, especially in this role that, that I'm in. I mean, I've been with the company for a little over a year now. But I'm still, I feel like that's a continual learning process for me. Because there are times when I, where the, the, the linebacker in me wants to do something and I say to myself, it's probably not right to, to say that right. And it, only, only because you want, you want the team to do their absolute best and you want them to, to excel. And it's just, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a different operating environment. So I'm still very much figuring out, you know, what is, uh, what is the best way to approach that? What's the best way to apply the skills or the, it, really the mindset, right? That we had in, the, in our, in our previous professions and our previous roles. And how do you apply that same mindset here and do it in a way that's, that is, um, collaborative and welcoming and, um, and it's not going to get you kicked kicked you <laughs> kicked off the team because you were too aggressive, you know. But no, that, that, there's a there, there there is definitely there's a transition there, and, I, and I'm still um, still figuring out what is the what's the optimal way to do it because you want to have a great impact, right? You want to you want to have the the, the the most powerful and positive impact that you that you can. Um, but determining that, I feel like, is going to be a continuous process. It's like making a play, man. It's like I tell you the, the keys of on the goal line. It's like, all right, run down here and you know hit him here. But like you know, we made the play against Minnesota. It's like ah, jump up. It's like instinctual. Like I go up, he going up, boom, made him in the thing, made him in the air. So those are the type of instinctual things that you see in business where like that confidence has to come back to make those plays. Whether it's like jumping here and it's like oh, it's a great sell here, the pivot on the call or whatever you guys doing in the defense industry, like whatever that instinctive uh, call might be for you there. That's, I'm always just interested when guys figure that out because it's always that one moment was like, okay, I'm good now. Like that's that's what I figured mm-hmm. out. But like you said, Dion mentioned something like that, Jordan, a lot of guys. So that's that's really uh, that's cool to hear. Um, so the main purpose of the show is like we talked about earlier is to lay out blueprints and guides for active athletes to figure out a parallel pathway to maximize sports. So it's a two-part question. What are some personality traits or interests that would work well in your industry now? And what can they do? What can an athlete do to start preparing while they're playing or even in high school to get starting an exposure to develop a tactical plan if they want to work in the defense industry, aerospace, or aerodynamics, just anything in that field? Mm-hmm. And so some of the some of the most important skills, you know, I, I think of I think of my manager right now. What makes him so special is 
Number one, he's, he's always willing to, to listen and hear different perspectives that, that, that may conflict with his own. So I, you, sometimes you get in a situation where you're considered an expert or at least you, you, you have a, a certain level of expertise to be able, so to be able to, con, to be willing to continuously learn, to continuously learn and listen and know that there's other way to do things and to be able to easily adapt to that and, and, and adjust to that. I mean, I, I think that that's probably so key and it probably applies to a lot of different industries. But I would say like right now in aerospace and defense, there are a lot of things that are rapidly changing. We're always trying to keep up with new technologies that are, that are being developed, um, trying to understand what, you know, ultimately what, what the, the customer, the Department of Defense needs and the requirements that they have. Um, it is, it is a, a rapidly changing environment right now. So to be able to say, okay, this may have worked a couple of years ago. However, this is, this is how we're going to transition moving forward. So just, I guess, to be, a, to be flexible, to be flexible and, all, and to understand that you, you always need to be learning because there's so much information out there, right? There's so, there's so much available to you. Um, you know, how can you filter in the stuff that's truly important to help you make decisions and, and have the ability to, to filter out the rest? And then the second part of that question, you know, to develop a plan. I think you, you've talked about something that, that is so critical, and it's, almost, it's one of those things that I kind of wish, going back, I wish I knew this when I was 21 or 22 at Penn State. Football provides you with a unique opportunity to meet extremely, extremely important um, and influential people that are willing to help you. That, that want to help you just it's simply because they well they, they they see you they see you're a good person you look them in the eyes when you shake hands and you're part of the Penn State football team so you have a you have a brand associated with you and they're they're willing to help you if you if you could take advantage of that now you know that if those guys can take advantage of that just to understand opportunities I guess to understand what is what is what is truly out there because there are, there are people. I didn't know this until I started working for Raytheon. There are, there are, are people that have an immense uh, influence in, in the Department of Defense that are Penn Staters. Like, how, did, how did I not know that when I was 21? You know, I, I, I could have been. But so just to have that understanding that uh, there are there are so many great people out there that are willing to have a conversation with you, and then you got to you got to take it from there. So to to be to be proactive with that, um, and to and to be to, to show an interest. And, and what they're doing and, and, and so that you can figure out what you're interested in because ultimately as we know ball ball ends for everybody at some day even tom brady at, at some point at some point but and so to find out what that love and that passion is i mean just to have an opportunity to, to take advantage of that network so you can learn as much as you can about it about whatever you want so that you have a better idea so when this time you say okay I've had these conversations. I've learned about these different things. I've seen these dis- different industries. I've spent a day with this CEO. This is an area that I want to pursue. I love that, man, because I, got, I tell guys all the time, as we work up throughout the football chain, sports chain, anywhere, like a lot of times I see it's a critical, I mean, it's a critical, uh, not a critical advantage, but it's, a, um, it's an advantage, but it's a, what am I trying to say? It's a competitive advantage, I think, for guys that have an interest outside of the game because of less stress on like what's happening there. It's like being able to compartmentalize a level of effort, emotional, whatever you got going on. It's like, okay, football's not my end off. I have interest here. I have this here. I have that here. It obviously put the effort into what's making your money good and if everything you focus on that, but having that interest outside from guys that I've seen 
put us yourself. Uh, Mike Rod, when he was doing the interviewing uh, thing, but you, you at that point you put the sport, I feel, in the right bucket. And then, like you said, you can have that attitude. It's like I have to maximize this because I know it's going to be over, and I have to do something else. And I find that sometimes players, when that's the only thing, there's nothing else. You kind of like the stressors and the different anxieties that come with it take away the appreciation that comes with the game and kind of blocks off some of the opportunities because you feel like they're not available to you. Because you have to stay so focused on this, that, and the third. It's like, no, you're a pretty dynamic individual just based on how the game has gotten us prepared, right? You talk about stuff like Penn State, driving 12 minutes early, doing everything, all the different things we had to do to get us ready to where the transition was easy. And I, I didn't realize it was easy, like so you said, until we got into corporate America, I got into the NFL, I was like, oh, Baseline was professionalism. Like that's what we were. That's what we were learning, right? Like the whole way through. So, to end this up, man. I gotta ask: You ever think about getting back into the game of football in any capacity? Like you see Jeff Saturday, he's like kind of doing his thing, and he's like the head coach. So, like I don't know. Like, I'll tell you what. I gotta. I gotta be honest with you. I mean, I think about ball every day. I still think about it every day. You know, and, and whether it's just I'll, I'll think about. A play that, that I should have made that I didn't, or just thinking about time with with teammates, or so. If there's if there if there is an opportunity to to maybe get back into it in some capacity, yeah, I, I, I still think about it, and that may be uh, volunteering to coach linebackers at the local high school. You know what I mean? But just something because I I love football so much, and it's been so great to me and my family. Um, so to have an opportunity to, to be a part of it, if I could be of service in some capacity, absolutely. Because it's such a it's such a special game, and you're surrounded by special people, and you just want to be able to say, okay, what what can I do to help? Man, just from someone that works within the, in the crevices of the football industry and the, the dark corners, man, you would be uh, an asset to guys coming up in the industry and just the intelligence of people working in the sport. Because you realize – just the perspective that athletes like yourself have and understanding the different things that are needed for athletes, right? Just whether it's the support, the business around it, how the business decisions affect the athlete and different things of that nature. Because like at the end of the day, once you've been the product and maximized that, you see things from a, di- a different perspective. So, I mean, you see that Penn State with Alan Zemeyer, right? He's like killing it in the recruiting. And it's so authentic and everything that's going on. Ty Howe's up there, just different guys that had authentic experiences and kind of going back to whether it's Penn State for you or just anywhere in football, being able to make that uh, full circle is, is an amazing thing. So, I mean, I said that was the last question, but this is actually the last question. What's the career end goal? <laughs> career end goal. That, that is a, that, that's, it's a moving target right now. I, I do know that I love, I love where I'm at right now with, with Raytheon Missiles and Defense. I want to see how far I can take this. You know, I do, I do want to see how far that, that can go and get to the point where I say, okay, I know I'm adding value to this company and I know we're associated with, with something important. You know, but also when I think about career, right, I think about, you know, I tie my family into that, right? So we, like we talked about earlier, three little ones. And I, I want, uh, ultimately, I want to know that I'm going to be, or I want to try to be a great father for them. Because I know I had a great father growing up, a great mother and father growing up. I mean, my parents were unbelievable. Um, it supported me all, all the way. And I want to be able, I want um, my kids to have that same experience. So that, that's, that, that's, a, that's a huge part of it as well. Being, being, a, being a good father, but then understanding, okay, professionally, I want to, I'm going to, I want to devote myself to something. Um, something with, that has purpose and that I'm passionate about, and 
give everything I can and see where it goes. Set, I love it, man. Set the structure and then just live full speed, right? Like that's kind of what it is. Having those main missions and like going after them. Like I, I love it. I said, that's the best end goal there because it's about the journey anyway. So like there is no end destination. It's maximizing that, man. Thank you so much, Paul, for jumping on to the Blueprint to Success interview series, man. This has been amazing. And like we'll just I mean, recap a little bit, man. Always, guys, understand that there's always rooms, room to learn. Make sure that you're. Uh, dedicated to that learning process throughout, just filling in those gaps along the way. Opportunities that we do have, take full advantage of, take full advantage of them, and don't leave any stone unturned, man. Again, Paul, one of my favorite football players, again, for many reasons, for what you did on the field, off the field, how you operated, and just showing an example of like what you can do throughout this sports ecosystem, man. So again, like and subscribe. You guys, check out the show. And uh, check in the LRG Sports Group, man. And just, again, thanks, Paul, for jumping on. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Any Anytime, brother. Anything for you. You know that. Awesome, man. Anytime. Thanks, man. Everyone have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Blue Chip Academy. To help navigate the recruiting waters, LIG Sports Group put together a Blue Chip recruiting checklist. Download your checklist at LIGsports.com Blue Chip Academy to ensure you're making informed decisions through this process. Hit subscribe and check out the LIG Sports Group Football Ops and Recruiting YouTube channel, where we'll talk about the recruiting and other critical points in the football ecosystem. If you're feeling stressed, confused, or just want to help putting together a blue chip blueprint for you and your son, don't hesitate to book a console call with me at LIGsports.com backslash Blue Chip Academy. Remember, everyone has a different journey. Keep sharpening and remember that you can only go to one school. Just make sure that you have your blue chip blueprint together and execute it. Life is good. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta Sky Miles business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business.